Yo, welcome to the Beat People Podcast. This is episode 28. Man, 28 of these, these episodes um, started out once a month. Then at some point we went to almost every week. And now I think we're back to like this has been twice a month lately. Um, so yeah, welcome to episode 28. It's almost two years you've been rocking with us. So I'm glad to see you here, whoever's out there watching this, uh, whenever you might be watching this. And uh, I got some of the crew in the place to be. We got uh, Daniel Still. What's up, brother? Yeah, what up, man? You know, Saturday. It's a Saturday doing nothing, brother. Word, that's the, that's word. The best, that's the best feeling in the world. That is. As a matter of fact, later I might just go sit on the porch before the sun decides to bake the earth and <laughs> smoke a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you ain't even got to light it. All you got to do is yeah, right, just it hold it out. Hold it out. <laughs> hold it out. Just catch fire. <laughs> Straight up. And we got uh, Kenneth Flux Pierce. I don't know what you yeah, call yourself yeah. nowadays. You got more aliases than a Wu-Tang member. I know. Hey, you got a, a stronger, stronger Delaware accent than I did when you said that. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he said Pierce. <laughs> Pierce. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm over here working still, uh, getting this this new house ready. So, not not in the studio right now. Got studio work to do later, but for now I'm here. So, uh, yeah. What's up? Hey, Ken. I don't, I don't know where you went in the house. But when we was testing, there was no jumpy footage. Now you got jumpy footage. You just kind of look like you're doing poses like a model every now and then, just because. You know, like, <laughs> Ken looked like he's passed through a bit crusher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come up <laughs> out of that bit crusher, man. Is it, is it any better now or what? I'll walk outside. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, 20, uh, 28 episodes, and of course, before this, we were doing, you know, you were involved in quite a few of the other shows that we did, too, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were to combine week. it all, it's it's really like 40, 40 some odd shows, so. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, we've been working, man, working. So, yeah, yeah. okay, look, look I want to talk to y'all, man. Y'all know that I'm not necessarily machine dude. I, think, I shouldn't even say necessarily. I, I just never have gotten really into machine. Um, besides one that I copped to customize, it was kind of what I used to launch uh, beatpeople.com. And uh, now there's, what is it? The MK3 just came out? Yeah. Well, not just came out. What was it, a couple weeks now? I don't think it's officially. It's it officially, just came out. It just, it came, just out. came out. Uh, okay. I think I think October was the official release. So like. Okay. Oh, well, okay. no, no. I, I guess. I I don't know if the units that are out there are just promo units right now or what, but. Yeah. Regardless, you if you go to the store now, you can pretty much get it. Okay. Word. Yeah, because this is uh, about to be October first. So if it's October, then. Uh, yeah, but what y'all what y'all thinking about that uh the MK3 man? I know that people have been wanting certain things from the machine for a long time. Does this am I wrong in in assuming that it has a uh, the audio interface on the back? No, it has it has the audio interface. Okay, so is that good? You, or? you can call it that. <laughs> you can call it that. Yeah, you, yeah, you can you can call, you can call it a, a an interface. An interface. It's it is a bare bone. So basically. I mean, I'm not knocking it really on on, because the truth is, is that it's exactly what I was kind of hoping that they would do for a while now, which is to me, <coughs> excuse me, the MK, the MK2, MK3, um, the, the standard size that you travel and do shows with. So to mm -hmm. me, it makes sense to have an interface on that one. It does not make sense to have an interface on a studio. Um, if you're in a studio, you should have an interface, you yeah. know, and, and it's going to be better than one that's tied to a cheap, you know. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's I still would have liked to have seen four outputs um, instead of two in, two out. That's that's a little bit of a misstep for me because I like to see a separate Q mix going either to front of house yeah. or to, uh, you know, effects sends whatever else, you know. I mean, it's it's better than nothing, and it's yeah. the same price. 
Yeah, it's the same price. Oh, so it's that's the same price. Good. Yeah, so that's okay. good. Yeah, that I imagine that's good. And so let me ask you, is it more compact? Is it the same size? It's or... the same size as as the previous MK. Um, but the cool thing is that so the pad layout is spacing, mm. but the pads are a little bit wider. So there's less of a gap in between the pads. Okay. Where your, your muscle memory will stay the same. I mean, it should be a little bit better. And what I really like about it is that it has the, uh, the performance effects features right on board. So it has that little scribble strip. Um, wheel like there is on the studio, which is fine by me because to me, I, I still feel like that jog wheel's wasted space. Um, the only thing that it lacks that I kind of wish it didn't lack is the separate audio input um, controls. So on the studio, yeah. you have yeah. input output controls and a separate volume knob all off to the right. I use that a lot. That's the only thing that I think I'm going to miss between the studio and moving to an MK3 because a lot of times I'll take my studio out it up, and I'll put uh, my MK2 up there because the studio just takes up a ton of space. And when I'm trying to use uh, my push two, mm -hmm. you know, my MPC and my machine, it's like, dude, I don't want all that space. And I sure as heck don't want a machine jam. Like I have zero interest in that thing. Um, I know that it's going to be great for certain people, but it's not for my workflow. Um, mm -hmm. So the fact that I have access to the performance effects without having to waste space of, of, um, that makes me happy. Dope, dope. So I got it up on the screen here. I got to say, it does look more slick and sleek. It, it, you know what I mean? It's something about it they kind of changed just enough to make it kind of look a little more sleek. I imagine it's got those Ableton style buttons on it, you know, like yeah. the push style buttons. Yeah. 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 Are they, which are nice. I, I like those a lot. Yeah. Those kind of rubberized buttons. I imagine they are, though. I don't know. I haven't. I yeah, haven't felt, yeah, I haven't felt it yet. Huh. Well, do you, they're, the, they're the same as what they are on the push. Like it's the same style. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like, I like how, I like how it looks all together. I think I feel like the whole look of it as a, as a whole, it looks more grown up. Mm -hmm. Whereas, the the old design cues just kind of felt chintzy in a way like they just didn't feel solid you know like compared to something like push compared to something like the mpc mm -hmm. i felt like those pieces of gear looked way more solid and this is kind of like uh finally getting up into that into that world so that's yeah. nice um let's see uh i'd like to see them continue those design cues with the rest of the line you know because you yeah. figure they'll, they'll probably do a, a micro and a studio down the road too yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how the studio evolves. And and as I'm looking at this, I see a touch strip. I don't recall anybody ever mentioning a touch strip. Is, is this for like performance stuff? And I imagine anything that a touch strip can be yeah. for. Huh. Yeah, so that's that's cool. what I was talking about as far okay. as those performance effects. So nice. that touch strip will let you do like tape stop and you know weird stretching and glitch effects and that kind of thing. Um, if you've ever used, um, what's it called? Uh, reactors, <laughs> excuse me, I'm still getting over cold. Mm. Uh, reactors, the finger, yeah. uh, it gives you a lot of effects similar to that, but directly inside a machine. Dope. So just like on, on the MPC, yeah. uh, touch yeah. how you can do those effects. It's pretty similar to that. Dope. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff, man. Um, especially as of late, uh, I still got to fix the button on, or this, this potentiometer knob joint on my, uh, Chaos Pad KP3. Oh, that that broke, right? Yeah, ever since I took it out to, oh, to the park, standing man. around in the park like it was 1978 making beats. <laughs> he was out there with a slab of linoleum on the street. Yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't know that you had broke that, man. Oh yeah, it's it's broken nice and good right here, Jack. Not mine. Oh. Mine is still intact. I will say one thing. Um, I will say one thing about the, the machine MK3 design that kind of irked me, and it's it's purely aesthetic, okay? Um, it's not a functionality thing so much, but the the knobs have mm -hmm. these, like, ridges on them, right? Hmm. 
I don't know. It just feels old to me, like that style. Okay. The knobby, like I, I don't know. So, I mean, it's good for grip, I guess, but I don't think you're going to be that sweaty in the club, and there's not that much resistance on a knob to where you're going to be slipping when you turn it. Mm-hmm. I kind of like how on the push, <laughs> it's like a solid knob, you know? Sweaty in the club. That sounds like sweaty a in the club. Yeah, oh, listen, listen. That, maybe that maybe we should stop talking about me, being so. sweaty, grabbing on our knobs. Like maybe this is a bad conversation, and <laughs> yeah. we should just skip right past it. Down the rabbit hole, real quick. That sounds like an sweaty awesome rap album hole. album title. Like yo, my next <laughs> album is called Sweaty in the Club. Sweaty in the club. That's it. Featuring <laughs> oh, hit single, grabbing our knobs. <laughs> yeah, this this rigid, needs to stop. Rigid knobs. This conversation needs to end. <laughs> okay, look. <laughs> so, hey, uh, uh, still, why don't you weigh in on on, on MK3? What, okay. What's your thoughts on it? All right, so I I am a simple simple man. Uh, I very, I like the MK3. Certain things I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me not say I don't like, but I wish it had. Uh, but I understand the generation gap. That, like, it doesn't have phono ins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that could be a huge thing. It doesn't thing. need phono ins, and I totally disagree with Steel on this. Like, completely. I couldn't disagree more. No, no, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying it doesn't have phono ends. That's something that I wish, I wish it had. But well, let me ask you I something. Understand. When would you use phono ends? I sample from when, when would you ever mobile? When would you ever be mobile using phono inputs? No, that I understand. Because you're... Yeah, I understand you. But you have to understand. I, I just. As a groove they, box, though, I, I I get where where you're coming from. Still, as a groove yeah, box, kind of yeah, that's one of those like things. Not everybody is gonna buy a studio, mm-hmm. so for the dude that just wants to buy the MK3 that does sample from records, you know, it it would just it would just be nice to have an extra, that. Nice well, extra convenience, yeah. right? But I'm not saying that it, it's it's to a me deal it's break. like that would be a I would be angry if it had them, and I'll tell you why because really? one. How many, I wouldn't like it. I honestly wouldn't because one, how many people using a turntable, either A, are hooked to it, which is the preamp. So you're getting line in, not, yeah, not phono in. And two, how many people who only have a turntable don't have a turntable that has a preamp built into it? Oh no, Ken, I feel you. I feel you. But I'm, I'm talking about the automatic things that we look for when we look for a, a beat machine, the things that when we look back, hey, what does this have? Okay, ah, this doesn't have a phono in, so that means I have to have another interface to interface to this thing. So it's, I feel you, but I do like the MK3. Another thing that I didn't like is I wish that the microphone input was... That I agree with was uh had phantom power one i agree with oh and i understand why they did it how they did it because they're saying that they would need a wall wart to do it so i understand that (laughs) but i do agree but if that's if that's xlr up of the machine then it is what it is like in my opinion yeah yeah like i understand why they did it the way they did it but i i do agree that i would want that um I'm like, dude, even if I'm portable, like I got a Vestax Handy Tracks that has a preamp built in. So like, yeah, yeah, to, me, to me, you have to weigh like the size and you have to say, okay, what could we fit on here? What could physically fit versus not? And I'll tell you what, you better give me two more outputs well before you give me phono inputs. Yeah, yeah, for um, me, the two outputs make sense, especially for my situation. I travel with gear. So especially when I'm doing like a live show, I want to be able to queue up stuff and, yeah, exactly. have a separate, and have a separate mix. So that's why I'm like, man, especially if this is the machine that's going to be great for the stage because it's portable. Like, why that's, didn't you yeah, give me that's, two? And that's where I think about it. Yeah, like, why didn't you give me two separate outs? Also, m- most of my other gripes with the MK3 are not really with the, mach- with the actual physical device. It's the software. Um, like, for instance, I'll give you one thing in the software that I wish machine had right away and this isn't even when it comes to making beats this is when it comes to auditioning sounds um 
let me audition in tempo or off tempo, but I know that has to do with it not having time stretch. So I'm just like, mm. wait, what doesn't have time stretch? Machine or the it, preview it, function? So okay, so I I don't I do not use the browser in machine. Okay, me personally, I don't use the browser. I have my my all, all my folders set up in favorites, right? And what I wish I could do is, as I'm playing a beat, I can audition stuff in tempo with my beat that's playing. Mm -hmm. Which I could do that in every other software that I'm working in, um, but machine doesn't really have that. So there's this whole like, oh, I gotta drag it in and see if it works. I don't, I don't got time for that. Like I yeah, don't have right. time for that. Like, especially on my schedule, like I have to turn in things. I have deadlines. I got stuff that I gotta do. But then that's why I turn to the other software, where it's just like, you know. You could do it. So yeah, so, so I, I agree, and that's that. That is one thing that I'll tell you that uh, I did see is if you look on the forum, um, I believe just the other day they updated that the next version of machine is in the works and on and on the way. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, good. I don't want to speak right? out of turn. I don't want. I don't want to speak out of turn as to what's on that post. I just got the email that the post went up, so I can't say exactly what's in it but people need to check that out too um they're i mean they they are to their credit they're actively working to 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 improve the software and, and bring up a lot of features that we've all been looking for for a long time but man does it feel like it just feels really slow for so long yeah yeah and, and but here's what i'll tell you and i always tell people this when people ask me what do i reach for when it's time to make a beat the first thing I go to is I go to machine because it's the fastest workflow for me. For me personally, it's faster than everything else. The layout, the way that I can access everything, there's button per function on the actual devices. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's I don't got a menu dive a lot in machine because everything is basically in front of me. It's laid out there, right? I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, so that's why the sampler in machine is still the fastest most active sampler that I get use out of all the time. The, thing, just... that, the thing that machine is great for is that you can come up with a sketch and edit the samples and kind of um, just do everything to get the bare bones essential of what you want down using nothing but the hardware, no mouse involved, you know, yep. really, really fast. But where you run into the issues is when you start trying to do like actual song creation and then you start running into things like, oh, well, the automation is like these stepped automation pieces and it's not like you can't do like a smooth crossfading curve or anything like that. You can't, um, you know, you can't do a proper song mode yet. Yeah. Like have real time, st time stretch on your samples. So like you can't adjust a, a beat that's 89 BPM and then, you know, change it to 76 BPM. Like you can't do that. Wait, without, I'm going to have to stop, you know, with throwing your stuff all off. So you can't do a proper song mode on what? We still well, talk about the machine. machine? Yeah, so it doesn't have like a consolidate, a consolidate scenes type function. Hmm. Yeah. So um, you can arrange all your all your different scenes and patterns into mm -hmm. a song, but you can't solidify that. Like you can't just consolidate all that into one song. I you see. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It'll chain through, but it's it's always able to be like manipulated and whatnot and one of the great things about the old school mpc workflow which mpc workflow has a plenty of its own problems as well of course i'm not they all you know do. i'm not saying that that one's necessarily better than the other i'm just saying that this particular aspect um when you so one of the advantages of being able to consolidate all your separate patterns into one long song mm -hmm. allows you to to kind of fake audio tracks yeah yeah like, it does it does because yeah. because now you're not limited by scene length or anything you know now you have the entire song and it's all right th there and you can kind of do automation across those multiple scenes that you couldn't do before if you could consolidate it all you could mm -hmm. and users have been asking for this for least you know not just auto automation yeah, that's, a, that's a huge 
that's a huge miss, I would think, because I'll tell you, like you mentioned audio tracks. The the thing about the new NPCs is that they have audio tracks, but they're not what you you know what you would probably know in a typical DAW is linear, right? Where it just starts from one to whatever the length of the song is and keeps going. It's audio tracks that are attached to the sequence. So if your sequence loops at four bars or eight bars, that's how long your audio tracks are. But what the cool thing is tying in what you just said is you can go into song mode, you take the song mode, you put your sequence together, you put your songs together, then you can convert that song into a sequence that will be however long, 80 bars, 100 bars, or 60 something bars. Then you can start adding audio tracks to that sequence and you'll have the full length of that song that you just put together that you converted to a sequence. It's a... Uh, those little bitty things, being able to convert back to a sequence or a pattern, being able to add audio tracks after, is kind of what you know pushes pushes the envelope forward. No, I feel you. Also, I'll hey, just you. real quick, um, people, people, I, I got a couple of messages saying, "Oh, hey, your camera's not working." I'm shutting it off on purpose just so that when I'm walking around, like it doesn't cause other audio glitches. Audio is more important than video. We should all know this. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I also, you know, so the MK3, I'm pretty happy with it, but at the end of the day, it's a controller, and I'm just like, well, I can I can live with my studio and still be happy. It's just, it just takes up a lot of space on my desk. So mm -hmm. MK3, if I had one of those, yeah, great. It'll take up less space on my desk, and I could travel with it. Um, and, and the other thing is that the, the studio takes up a lot of space that it really doesn't need to. Like, it's... It's overly spacious for what it is. Yeah, there's like everything is spread out so so wide on the on the control. It's like there's a lot of unused space on this joint. Um, if I didn't have more gear, that wouldn't be a problem. But but what, wasn't that? But that was a that was a huge selling point when it first um, came out, though, right? The was it? I thought what, the space. I, I mean, I mean, it, it was about like, oh my gosh, it's well, there were people like it's it's big and you know, the like it has room for this, that, and the other. I just heard, I think I heard positive things about it, if I remember correctly. I mean, it can be like I said, if you don't have other gear that needs to take up space in your studio, then that's great. Like, and a lot of musicians these days are all VST based anyway, so for those guys, it's probably fine. But for guys that are sound designers or old school beat making heads that still have a bunch of vintage samplers and, yeah. you know, keyboards and romplers and that kind of thing, you know, for those guys, it, it drives us nuts. Or, or if you're like chat where some said, of, a lot of us started, man. Or as he clipped in the chat, just said it's not gear hoarder friendly. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of us started <laughs> out in in very limp. You know, with very limited means. I mean, when I when I first started beat making, I can remember all I had was like an MPC on a living room table. You're not putting a studio on a living room table. Now, that being said, you shouldn't be buying a studio if you're just starting out. Like, that's not yeah. really who it's marketed to. So, yeah. so I can't fault them for that either. Which is why it's called a studio, because that's to imply yeah. that this is for like a, a higher level user or studio, more pro user or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, it's hard to ignore those screens when they didn't have those screens on the MK2. Right. You know, people wanted the flashy, flashy screens. And they do they do make the experience a lot nicer. So they on do. the MK3, having those screens will be very nice. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you what too. Also, the 2.6.9 update made my machine studio a little bit more sleek. Yeah. Like yeah, the Possibly. software update it just made it work. Like they changed the. <laughs> no, no, they just no, made they, some things work better about it. Well, the way it looks because they did a lot of uh, GUI changes. Oh, oh, okay. So on okay. the actual MK2, like instead of it being like weird gray, now it's solid black in the background. The mm -hmm. font is a little bit different. The spacing is a little bit different. So I, I remember this morning working on something, and I'm like, oh snap, this is this is different. It, it looks more inspiring. Um, oh. So. I like it. I like what they're doing. They're, they're making subtle changes that are making the experience better. Oh, they, yeah, I, I'll agree. Like those, those changes do, they're subtle, but they do look a lot nicer. Yeah. They're subtle, but they do look nicer and they just make the experience a little bit better. It's easier on the eyes. Um, now the MK3 also, 
like I said, it worked. It would work for me for my my lifestyle as a traveling producer, which, because I travel from mm -hmm. you know constantly working with artists in different states, doing different things, and that kind of would work for me when I want to work with machine because I do not want to travel with my machine studio. That's just ridiculous. That is the same exact thing I think about with my MPCX. I love my MPCX. I'd use it religiously. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? But uh, the thought of recently something came across as an opportunity to work with somebody and I thought of taking my MPCX out the crib i just don't like that idea so i see a, a live in my future at some point yeah man and that's the thing it's just like i'm not i i refuse to take the um, the machine studio with me dude i i cram my push too into my book bag and that even that i'm just like it's a little too big yeah. to be traveling <laughs> with um yeah you're right i took push two to new york when when i went a few months back and although it was it was okay it still was just a little bit it was just big enough to be slightly awkward yeah because imagine being that dude that wants to make a beat in starbucks and you bust out a machine studio and yeah you know what i'm saying you're like <laughs> People are like come on buddy hey, for the record i'm pretty sure i've seen stoney do that so <laughs> yes, hey, but I think Stony has done. Yeah, Stony's crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. And, and look at how little Stony is. Bust out this, put that joint on the table. Like, nah, yo, like that's no. Nah, I can't. Well, hold on. I gotta, I gotta ask a question to Corey then, because Corey talks about getting a live. Let me fix my my video real quick. So Corey talks about possibly having a live in his future, which I've been heavily considering it as well for wholly different reasons. I kind of want to have one strictly for audio editing of my sample packs when I'm on the oh, road. Well, that would, like, that would that, definitely be a, a benefit of it. But here's here's my question, uh, Corey. You, we've had a lot of conversations about how you're using your X because I've considered getting an X, yeah. um, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to, one, because of the price point, and two, because I just don't think I'm going to use it as much as to justify. And yeah. I don't think Think the cv out on it is going to do what i want to do um which is why i have an es8 but anyway um the question is is traveling wise why would you consider a live over a touch an mpc touch when uh you primarily use your live or your x with the software not in standalone mode yeah rather have that's a touch that's my preference but i would like to have the option to be in standalone if I if I needed to, you know what I mean? Like I hear I, I hear you. I I just wonder. I just yeah. wonder, like you know, cost cost versus you know, hey, look what I have. Wise, you know, you you got a brand new MacBook. Why why would you not use the touch instead of spending that extra? You know, right now you can get a you can get a touch for like three forty nine. Okay, sucks, yo. That touch. If you have, if you can have a live, I know the, I know the screen is touch. not as uh, responsive as the live on the touch. Um, and and honestly, yeah, I see what your point is. Yeah, if I'm using it mostly in controller mode, why go through the trouble of going to get? But I definitely think live is a better product. Cause you want to Yeah, and that too. But the thing is, the being able to have, you know, Daniel, you always say it. If I'm gonna buy something, I'm gonna get the one that I don't have to upgrade later. Like exactly. you know what I mean? Let's exactly. get the one that gives you the most bang for the buck, the most options. And that's probably what it would yeah. be. Because if I was in the airport doing something, I really wouldn't want to do a setup like that. Like, oh, if I was, you know what I'm saying? If I was somewhere in public doing something and, and it would be nice to be able to pull out the live on my lap or you know whatever limited space you may have rather than saying okay i got the computer i'm gonna plug this up too i'm gonna plug you know what i mean so yeah and i'm kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit just because mm -hmm. i i would feel the same way but i had to ask because it is their other skew you know what i mean yeah, no, yeah. And, and just so you guys know how dedicated i am like let me just show you this real quick straight up weed whacking while we're doing this <laughs> I had to show you all that. <laughs> Ken, you're the Renaissance man. <laughs> man, that is, that is, man, let me tell you. So, it's I, hardcore dedication. Yeah, Ken, Ken, Ken's dedicated, man. So, one, one of the things, one of the things about uh, the MK3 also is, 
I don't know what the quality of the audio is. So when when I get my hands on it, I would want to know what what it sounds like. Like what do those uh, inputs sound like? And is it is it exactly the same as the uh, complete Audio Six? Are they using the same pieces as that? Are they? Is it something brand new? Is it you know just stuff like that? And how loud is it? Like mm. how how loud is it? Like what's the output of it? I would hope that the spec for for loudness is out there as far as dB range. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I do. So so my main issue with it is so the complete audio six is uh, what is it the the uh, Sirius audio converters yeah. in there and it sounds okay. It sound it doesn't sound phenomenal, but it doesn't sound bad. It's just it is what it is. You know, it's it's not by any means. The problem that I have is that. For some weird reason, Native Instruments doesn't feel the need to build a software mixer for their audio interfaces. Oh man, can you? Uh, there's no and there's no yeah. loopback. There's yo, no loopback. No, how yo, come on. How how are you gonna have a machine with no loop? That's like yo, that's like yo. You built a groove box, a sampling groove box with an audio interface, but you're just like, nah. We rather have people plug stuff in all the time no let them sample off of youtube let them sample off of, oh come on i'm i got angry ken i just got yeah, angry this is right technology this is the that new was day and that age. was my number one break to, out of all of that that goes back to ken your point when you were saying about why have um phono jacks on the input because I, I think what the assumption there is is that most people are sampling in more digital ways nowadays anyway yeah yeah i feel you you know so so and that and that's the thing if you look at then they don't have loop back and they don't have they don't make it easy for you to use the the you know the thing for digital sampling that becomes a problem it's almost like you know you got to really think about the whole gamut of how people are using stuff if you make a decision like no we're not putting a phono jack on that but what does it matter because they can do all this that and the other with, with you know doing digital sampling D decisions like that are what make me question whether or not they actually have people using the gear that they they're designing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like yep. in-house, like how, how often are you really using that gear? Because there's no way in heck, if you're actually out there doing the use case that they're talking about, that somebody wouldn't have brought that up well early on. Mm -hmm. and I would have I brought that up the first five minutes. I use that joint. Like, yo, uh, y'all ain't got a loop back. <laughs> I'd have brought up the first five minutes of the design conversation. <laughs> like, this is like the first thing you need to be doing, like because because listen, man, that like that was my number one gripe about the KA6, the complete audio six was, yeah. How in the world do you guys not have loopback or any kind of audio mixer on here? Like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they were just, you know, they just didn't do it. And I'm like, their audio interface in that same price range has a mixer. They might not all have loopback. But they just about all have some sort of soft routing. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey Ken, Ken, we got so, a question for you, man. Yeah. Uh, somebody says, well, how do you feel about the Microsoft Surface for um, making music? Oh, yeah, music? yeah, yeah. So, so I've been using that. I, I bought that off of a buddy of mine. I, I got a used Surface Pro off of a buddy of mine specifically to use it um, – with reactor and my modular. Well, let's be um, real too. But I you're, did. you're like, hold on, Ken. You're like, you're like Rod's little brother when it comes to that stuff because you already know when Rod has something like that, he's gonna be like, Ken, I'll give you this for a discounted price. <laughs> You'll be able to. <laughs> oh, come up with a lot of stuff from, from Rod. <laughs> yep. Shout out to Rod and Willie for yeah. uh, for, for having Willie. cool stuff that yeah. they get tired of. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. no. Um, yeah, so basically what happens is I use it I use it with Reactor and then I um I've installed machine on it and I have used it with machine. Now guy by any means shape or form, right? Like it, my brain just doesn't work the way that Microsoft wants it to. So I tend to not like their their products all too much. Away from Windows ever since XP. Um so getting used to the whole Windows 10 thing took me a bit, but uh, it's far improved and runs really well on it. Like this is a Surface 2. This is the Surface Pro 2, and it runs perfectly fine on there. Now, 
my my much bigger uh, projects, they start to get hampered down, and I got to increase the latency on it for it to work. But for the most part, man, yo, I can plug straight into that thing and take that on the go. It works well. The The downside is Native Instruments doesn't implement good touch usage into their stuff. Now, Steel, we could talk about this in, in a minute because I know you want to chime in a little bit about that because we had talked about the touch modes. But doesn't work touchscreen wise so you have to you have to treat it like a regular computer with like a mouse yeah. and that, that yeah. kind of stuff yeah um which is sad but uh i mean wise it works it still feels clunky having a separate computer with you but at least it's smaller than a regular laptop mm. it's just a little bit thicker than an ipad you know yeah it's it's cool touch mode is cool but uh you know, like they have a button on all their plugins. Uh, oh, to turn on touch mode. Yeah, to turn on touch mode, but it doesn't really work right. Um, and maybe I have to get maybe I have to get a good touch system in order to to maybe you know to experience it the way that it's supposed to be, or maybe yeah. it just works better on PCs than it does on uh, on Macs, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, it's something that uh, React. Oh, somebody just wrote. Uh, I have the ASUS touchscreen PC. Reactor works okay with the touchscreen, but it's not but optimized. It's not no, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. So let me, like, let me let me just let me touch on that and just say no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> and what what I mean by that is uh, it's it's very fiddly, man. Like it it does that you can use your finger. Open? You can use your finger, but it's yeah, like it, it doesn't work the way you would want a touchscreen to work. You know what I mean? Like, like when I'm inside of blocks and I want to, like, you know, touch things and move things around and whatnot, I I feel better using a mouse than I do using my finger on it. So yeah, especially uh, especially with blocks, Ken, the way that they develop patching in blocks is not good for touchscreen because you got to turn this whole panel on. And and patch these little things to all these. Yeah, other the patches things. are real little. Like, and not like not, not only that, yeah. not only that, but how you move. So, so I'm not even really getting into the whole idea of okay, well, reactor needs cables on the front. Like that's that's been a long-standing feature request, but I'm not even going to get into that. I'm talking about so if you flip the panel over and you are routing those things around, you'll accidentally move panels around and it, it just doesn't feel yeah. accurate enough and it just doesn't feel like it's designed for a touchscreen interface at all it feels like it's designed for a mouse and that's that um it feels like it's very loosely slapped on top of it yeah and that's, that's you know that's weird. not the computer's fault that's that's how they implement it's, yeah, it's, it's the fact that they don't optimize and it's the same with uh with machine where you should be able to just like pinch and zoom on waveforms and that kind of stuff. You can't do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you said the knobs works okay, but that's about it. Hmm. Oh, can't route it at all. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not. It's not built for touch interface. So that, um, that means we're not really there yet. <laughs> that's what that comes down the, to. The thing is, the thing is, the technology exists though, mm-hmm. because. I'm look. I have two modular softwares on my ad, iPad right now that I patch stuff and I design stuff in all the time. I'm mm-hmm. designing in Autolus, and I'm designing in uh, Zmorse, um, all the time. And those two work perfectly, like patching things, mm-hmm. and it it works really, really good. So I know that the technology exists, especially with a lot of companies porting. And there's a the Moog one, and then there's yeah. there's one called Modular. There's a you, lot of you them know out what there. It is, though, until it becomes one of those things where um, it becomes it, it comes to the forefront of what technology is doing to the forefront where it becomes important. Where they're like, all of a sudden, it, it, it's a primary feature set that they need to get right because somebody else is killing them in the numbers because they do it better. <laughs> you know look, what I'm saying? Look, I'm just gonna say this right now on the chat to every company. F- don't don't sleep on the mobile stuff. Yeah. Like the, on the touchscreen stuff, because I tell you what, 
companies ain't going to be making laptops in the next 20, 30 years. Something new is some new sort of interface is going to be happening that you're going to have to start developing for those kind of things. And a lot of companies got, are doing it already. And, yo, I got some apps that work amazingly. And it's all touch yeah, interface stuff. It's all touch interface stuff. And I'm just like... And there's a certain con connection that you when you don't when you don't need a mouse and you could just you know zoom and pan and do all this stuff, it's it's amazing. Plus, you have the ability to add a controller and have that tactile feel. When you have the option for both, it makes music creation more immersive. Mm -hmm. Like it makes it more immersive. That's why I understand the MPC X going that route and the MPC Live going that route, where it's a controller with a touchscreen interface because it makes making music more immersive. You right. Know? Yeah, totally. And so let's, let's also consider, too, what companies probably need to be thinking about. And they should know this. I know, actually, I'm sure they do know this. But look at these stats, man. Device ownership. I, I don't know what, what year. This is 2010 to 2015. So that you know these numbers have, have risen considerably <laughs> since then. Cell phone and smartphone ownership, you know, 82 or 92%. Desktop and laptop, 79 to 73. Tablet is down, but I'm sure that's probably more than like desktop and laptop. Or I, I'm pretty sure that number has grown, but just saying that mobile phones, are, and I know that mobile phones are the primary source of how people use the internet or consume the internet, and they're all touchscreen. So that tells you a lot. These companies should be kind of looking at um like where those stats are going and why it's like that. You know what I mean? Because that should yeah. dictate what their roadmap is. Um, Guys, I rarely use my laptop for anything else but creating music now. And I'm, I'm slowly moving towards my iPad to make a lot more music. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's just where it's at for me because it's convenient. You know, it's convenient. Imagine being able to hook up my MK3 to my iPad and just make music. That's dope. Yep. That would, <laughs> that I would totally I would be the happiest man in the universe if I don't have to carry my laptop with me. So that 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 uh brings up the question we brought up on the Beatmaker 3 show. Don't you think like Beatmaker would kind of hurt things if they teamed up with somebody the way Ableton teamed up with Akai to do the first push and they did something similar a controller dedicated to Beatmaker 3. Kind of like that MPC element. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. the Arturius Spark LE controller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But something that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Something That's like that. And that would be like feature rich that would operate just as seamlessly and, and powerful as something like the push. And it should be Bluetooth. No freaking connections to your yeah. word. You know, that would be, be so amazing. But I think but, there's inherent latency with Bluetooth though, right? Uh, I don't have any latency with my CME controllers. Um, yeah, I didn't. When I use my CME controller, I didn't really have any. Actually, I don't have any latency you, unless you I'm try doing programming like... drums with it. Because yeah. programming keys allow you you can have more latency, but when you get to programming like sixteenth hi hats, it better oh, be no. locked tight. No, I feel yeah. you. I feel you. Um. Yeah. Oh, here's my question, Ken. You might know the answer to this. Uh, you probably do because you know a lot of things. What's the What's the class? I know the MK3 is class compliant audio interface, right? Yes. So I can potentially hook that up to my iPad and use the interface that's on the, the MK3. interface. The from from what it from what I understand, the interface would, but the controller would not because the controller is not class compliant. Mm, see, that's where, that's another change that I would have done with the MK3. And that's Which kinda, makes me wonder, like, could, could they work that into the iMachine app? Could they work a driver into that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the but, that. but that, that's something that I, I wish was from the beginning of machine, that it was. I a think class that there's compliant. reasons for that, though. There, there's reasons, and I think I think they have to do with um, that velocity and note pressure and all, all that's handled. Um, okay. I think I think it has a lot to do with that, and it also has a lot to do with the way that it communicates back and forth with the computer, as far as the screens and all that. Yeah, but back to the MK1 machine. Okay. Yeah, because 
Man, let me tell you, if I could use the MK3 with iMachine or with Beatmaker or and I can map it out and it be my controller. Oh, it, trust me, I know. So then then it, it actually adds value to that purchase because it's just like I can yeah, use yeah, it and you look at, um, you look at like the Korg, uh Korg has some Bluetooth controllers that are really great with like Stony loves those things. She yeah. uses those a ton. And uh those like I said, the the Arturia one is really fun with Spark LE. Like I, I've used that, and yeah. I've used it with other stuff too. Um, great with the whole mobile thing like that. And the more I'm like, okay, maybe it's just my old self. Um, but like when I'm sampling something, like I want the file, and I want it like where, like you know what I mean, like uh, tangible almost, you know. And for some reason, the iOS is giving me the same feeling as I have when I sample into machine or into uh, my MPC 2000 Excel or whatever else. Like, I feel like I know where the sample is. I know what I have. I know what I can do editing it. And it's like, it's like in, out, done. And whenever I'm using them on iOS, I don't get the same feeling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. it's a strange way that they work with files or something that just doesn't give me that same feeling. And that's, yeah. that's what than anything else uh, than even because I've actually gotten half decent as far as finger drumming on that flat glass screen, which but there are a lot of controllers that work and can map fairly nicely to these things. Yeah. Yeah. So You're some sort of wizard to be finger drumming on a flat glass screen. Yeah, I, I, dude, like Beatmaker is surprisingly well. Beatmaker two, especially, but like I haven't used Beatmaker three enough to really speak, you know, volumes about it. But especially Beatmaker two and Beat Hulk by UVI, dude, I can finger drum on that, and it feels tight. Like there's the I've done measurements of, as far as latency on it, and I think it was like ten milliseconds total latency from when my finger touches the screen to the sound comes out of the speaker. I like Beathawk. I like I like else. I like Beathawk sampler. They ha- they 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 have a really good way of uh mapping out multi samples in their software that's really really good like I got a couple of their expansions and it's basically ports of this the UVI libraries right in Beathawk and it works seamlessly. Like Beathawk just- to me is my favorite like I don't have an MPC 2000 XL with me, but I have an I- iOS device. What's what can I use? To me, it gives me that same feeling, like the closest to it. Like it feels like a hardware sampler when I'm using it. I like it. I don't. I do not like the uh, the amplitude envelope section. I don't like the way it sounds. Uh, I, can, I can see that, um, but just just functionality wise, like it just feels yeah, no, very functionality, quick yeah, and functionality. And also, the song mode is dope on it. Mm-hmm. Song mode is super dope. Yeah, I, I like it. You know what? I think I have Beathawk, and I haven't used it much. And that's shame. Beathawk is dope. And, oh, and they just had everything. a pretty major update to it, well, too. Not, not, not totally true. But, hey, let's let's talk about this one thing I got over here. <laughs> the yeah, I know you've been waiting. Yeah, Corey. Get out of here, man. You got everything, bro. I'm like, hey, Corey, you got this? You're like, oh, yeah, it's right over here. <laughs> no, that's Ken pulling stuff from under the desk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, Not today. Uh, I got cobwebs here, and that's about it. Uh, well, that's just because you're preparing it to bring all that stuff yeah, over preparing there. preparing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you know what? I, I wanted to talk about the peak, but I just want to kind of show this. Look at it. Ooh, nice rock, Corey. Let's see. Stunting. Guys over there stunting. It's all it's all good. I'ma have a K soon. And then I'ma stun on all y'all. Cause I got Sensei Ken teaching me. That's what's up. <laughs> I got this whole thing. Yo, that thing is beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um I I wasn't gonna fill it up last night. We'll start installing the stuff into it last night, but then I just kept standing here looking at the case. So I was thinking, like, go ahead and put them things in there. Yo, Steve did an amazing job on that, man. He really did, man. Yo, I, everybody I, follow Steve Baker right now if you need a case. Go, go. Ethereal Sun cases. Yeah, man. Ethereal Sun. That is a beautiful case. Yeah, Steve Baker is, is in the chat right now. So um, 
shout out to Steve Baker. Definitely go to Ethereal Sun Cases and uh, patronize my man. Don't like patron them, patronize them, like make fun of them, but you know, buy cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that case is beautiful, Corey. Word, thanks, man. Um, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a table that's a little lower to just lower it down a little bit. Not too much, but just a little lower. So, cause uh, if you could see this, hold on. Like this is usually pushed over and I can kind of get in here and do things. And I can reach, but when it comes to reaching up here, obviously I'm extending, but that's why I put stuff up there that, um, you know, it's kind of set and forget or I don't use as much as the stuff that are towards the bottom of the case. But uh, yeah, Makes man. custom cases. And that, that was what you asked for. Like, that is exactly what you asked for. Yep. And I just want to point out that my case from him is exactly what I asked for. And I'm mm -hmm. smarter than you because I had him angle the top row towards me so that I didn't <laughs> have to worry about that. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. And that is nice that you got that tilted over. <laughs> that that case you got kind of works for that too, anyway, because the top is coming angled back at you a little bit, and then you have that 11 inch shelf. But I didn't yeah. really want um, the shelf because I wanted it to be a little more smooth. But then, you know, what's dope about when people do custom things for you is that you get cool stuff like this. Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's really, really, really it's cool. Also etched in down here. That's love it. Dope. Yeah, it's, it looks. Yeah, it looks. It looks really, really, really dope. Yeah, and they're solid, man. They're so solid. It, it's, it is. Yeah, it's solid bamboo. Um, and bamboo is actually it's it's a very hard, like it's it's a durable wood, but it's lighter than typical. So even though this thing is solid and it probably weighs close to fifty pounds, it probably would weigh more if it was something like maple or walnut. I think. I don't know. Um, yeah. But surprisingly, even filled up, I got three power supplies in there, which is weird. In my other case that I was using temporarily, this guy, you can see it. I had four power supplies in there, so that was weird. Corey, that's the Cheeks of Steel? Yep, Cheeks of Steel. It's dope. It's dope. Yep. It was 168 HP Cheeks of Steel. That's not bad, yo. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's real dope. So I'm probably going to end up selling it because I just don't need it now. I don't want to be tempted to be trying to fill up something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it did what I needed to do. I, I wasn't expecting to be able to, you know, me and me and uh, Steve to come together and be able to work on this. Um, and shout out to Steve Harmon from Center Attack. Uh, yeah, yeah, shout out to uh, Steve Cheeks of Steel, too. Yeah, Cheeks of Steel. Steel, Steel tonight. Now, mind you, this is a hundred and it's 9U168 HP. And this thing was about two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, and then, then you could take this obviously and chop it down, and you know, make it the one hundred four if it's too long and stuff. So, um, I got somebody in mind that says they need a case, so it'll probably go to him. Dope. How small his Voyager looks next to that cheeks? Is I know, yo. It's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like a little, it's not a voyage. It's like a little trip. It's a little trip. <laughs> Is that a boutique Voyager? Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Oh, snap. I, boutique Voyager? Small. Um, and then obviously this thing is going back here soon because I finished the review. I actually kind of liked it, man. It's uh, the monologue. Is that the monologue? Yeah. Yeah, the monologue is actually kind of dope. It, it's a little aggressive if you kind of enter that aggressive sound. It can be pretty aggressive, but, you know, uh, with a little delay of reverb and, and a little less drive, it's, it can sound pretty beautiful. But it sounds good right out the box. I dig it. Cool. That's what's cool. up. Yeah. So, okay, look, the peak. Did we talk about the peak on the show yet at all? I think, I think we have, yeah. But I know you've had it now. Yeah. And, man, what do you, what, what's your, what's your uh, um, verdict? I... I I'll tell you that sometimes I am keenly aware that uh, it's digital oscillators, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it definitely has a different kind of sound palette than, say, obviously any one of these joints over here. Um, <clears throat> I like that it, it, you know, 
it's not only the digital oscillators where it has a few different uh, uh, waveforms and it's got three oscillators. It has a few different waveforms, four different waveforms on each one. But then there's a more button on there. And on the more button, that's where you can go in and set the, the um, wavetables. And I think it has maybe just under 20 wavetables. So now that you get a digital oscillator synth, three digital oscillators, but then you have wavetables in it. And I, I'm hoping they'll, you know, shoot out more. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think they're going to update that because I certainly think so. Um, I personally think this was, I personally think this was them like, okay, it's got almost 20 or about 20 waveforms, put it out. We can, you know, beef that up later. Let's I mean, get it out there. realistically speaking though, the, you don't need that many wave tables. Like wave tables are nice, but you really don't need that many to get yeah. a hugely varied palette of sounds. Because, it's true. I mean, true. at that at that point, you're kind of you're moving towards additive synthesis, and you're yeah, you know, you're playing with with harmonic sort of thing to try and get there, as opposed to the the filtering. And that thing's me really interested. Um, I, I really like the build of that thing. The build quality is thinking really about good. it. I actually at one point was heavily considering, you know, selling the the, the Prophet Twelve and getting a peek because uh, on the Prophet Twelve is its weak point, but it's it still has its own sound and the bi-timbral aspect of the Prophet Twelve. That is beautiful, Corey. Corey, I want one so bad. I want mm -hmm. man, I want one so bad. Look, I saw this video on YouTube. From Mylar Melodies. Yeah, love his stuff. Yo, that sold me on sound design on peak. Yeah, yeah. Because he was making patches on the fly. He was just playing stuff, making patches on the fly real fast. I think this whole video is 31 minutes. He probably made 31 patches, like one patch a minute. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I was like, it's that kind of thing, though. You can really dig in now. It has the modulation of the mod matrix, that's no. the only thing. It is a little diving, but I mean, it's dope that you can do things like sweep through the wavetables. And I mean, there's just so much here, <laughs> plus the, the effects and the filter is nice, and there's just so much here that you can, you know, design with. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a powerhouse. Now, I have a, I have a weird question, okay. DeepMind 12 or Peak? Hmm. Oh, uh, well. If you had one to mess with all the time, which one would you pick? All the time? That is a good question. Gosh. Well, I'm hesitant to say Peak because I know it's new for me. And I, I would, you know... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's it's the one. It's newer in my studio than DeepMind. But I mean, if you had to, okay, what what's the booty like? I'd probably go on on, or, on uh, peak. peak. Excuse me. What's 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 the what's the booty like on Peak? And when I say that, I mean it's like it's like how uh, is it? Like is it is it? Peak is a bad sum of a. <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. Like, 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 <laughs> like sound-wise, like, sound-wise, like, sound like, when you press a note on peak and when you press a note on the deep mind 12. Well, here's like, the thing. I'll tell you, the character on peak, <laughs> I feel like has a wider palette of sound, like, where it can be, you know, deep, lush basses and and you know it can get aggressive but it can totally sew things up on the pads and the strings now yeah. i think deep mind um is a pad and string machine <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it really is a pad and string machine i think you can't go wrong with that and then the art i use the arp a lot but peak has a dope art it could do pads and strings damn good but it also has those same characteristics that I love about the the base station, station too. Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying. So probably you know I mean? if I oh, had yeah, to, I love, I love my base station, bro. Yeah, yeah. So that I hate that question, but Peak is a bad mofo, man. All right, second <laughs> second question: the effects section on Peak. How does that reverb sound to you? Like, which one do you like better? Do you like the reverb on? Deep mind or on or on a uh, peak? There's like there's like six of them. Yeah, I probably would like. I dig the the reverbs on on uh, 
on DeepMind. Okay. Um, and I do like this reverb too, but I think uh, the ones on DeepMind might be a little better. Now, but still, if you don't have them to compare to each other, this is a damn good reverb. Now, I will say though, the distortion, when I was playing with this with a with a couple of uh, friends, I was at their place and we were plus playing with the distortion, but we were in wavetable mode. We had wavetables going on and we put on the distortion. And a couple guys was like, that distortion sounds horrible. And then I was listening to it. I was like, yeah, I don't like that. But then I was like, it don't sound like that when I, but then I realized, like, I think the patch that we had up, uh -huh. when we start adding distortion, it really sounded digital and kind of brittle. I feel um, you. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I think the distortion works pretty well in other ways on other patches and stuff. So, like I said, sometimes I'm keenly aware that it's a digital synth. And I don't even know if that distortion is digital or analog. I think it's a digital, I, I don't know. Uh, the filter is definitely analog. But yeah, I mean, this is a, this, if, if I had much less gear, I probably would get something like this because it could cover the most ground. Yeah, man. I like I told you when I saw Mylar Melodies doing that demo, I was like, he made patches that I dream about on this freaking thing, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, you know what? I gotta have one. I gotta have yep. one. Peak is also what three hundred dollars more than DeepMind. Uh, yeah, it's twelve ninety nine, right? Yeah, it's twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I, I'm just saying for fairness. Let's let's keep in mind like we're talking. Three hundred dollars more, which you know might not sound like a lot, but when you're talking about a synthesizer that's only nine hundred dollars or nine ninety nine, yeah. mm -hmm. that's you know that's a chunk of the price right there. Of course, right. No, of and course. then on top of that, so what is Novation Peak is eight voices, I think. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, eight voices eight. versus yeah. the DeepMind being twelve. But then on top of that, you get a keyboard. You get the DeepMind six. Or yeah, you should get the 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 desktop DeepMind twelve, and like the savings become significant. And when right. it, I, I think it's a hundred dollars, I think it's what is it a hundred dollars less for the desktop DeepMind twelve, mm -hmm. and then yeah. you're talking six hundred dollars. I think. Yep. It's a, yeah. I want to say it's like six hundred for the uh for the for the six voice. Yo, that DeepMind six, I, I can't front. It looks sexier than the twelve. Yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm like, it's a little it's, more compact. And stuff. It's more compact. It got the lights under the under the mod wheel and everything. It's like, hey, I can't upgrade the twelve. Yeah. Wait a um, minute. It don't. What does you mean? The lights under the the, the the mod wheel and pitch wheel is is lit. Is this not? It's lit on the twelve too. It is. Yeah. Is, yeah, it, yeah. A, is, yeah. is it a different? Is it a different color? Hold on. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Because the six is an orange. Is that orange? Yeah, the twelve is orange. Okay. Well, I guess the way they take photos of it makes it they have it lit all the time, and not the DeepMind twelve. You um, you have that option in in the menu to to turn the lights on and off. Ah, okay. Ah, that that's a better decision for me now. Um, and and you know what though too, the DeepMind six is a little smaller, and it still got it's still pretty knobby or slider it has a lot of physical which, which the 12 is pretty small as is it yeah. actually is and so yeah. i'm surprised to see that this one is even smaller but i think the deep minds also double they do great double duty as a controller oh that's dope yeah that's dope and i'm gonna hop off in here guys okay uh i'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna roll out of here because i'm i'm still here working on this house trying to get this this place done because the sooner it gets done the sooner my studio gets done yeah, um, I, bet, I bet your wife looked at the show and probably said he ain't doing nothing. He said he was gonna be doing. <laughs> that, well, that's me. I, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to feel too guilty. So yeah, uh, yeah but uh, listen, thanks for having me on the show again. Oh, and uh, Steel, we're gonna get up real fair. soon. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, all right, uh, everybody, go to shop.fluxwithit.com. Yes, go there. Word. And hey, actually, you know what? I think this is a, a time to call it one still. Yeah, and Ken, let's go. Uh, because my daughter just got back from her first driving lesson. And you uh, want to make sure she's alive? Yeah, I want to make sure she <laughs> killed nothing or nobody. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, check that car, right? Yeah. Yeah, car. They come with the car. We pay for the service for her to take the, the thing. Oh, I got you. So if, if I think that's covered under their insurance, I don't have to worry about it. 
<laughs> All right, well, yeah, man. Well, guys, uh, uh, visit, you know, msxaudio.com. We got a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah, we're always working. We we tend not to sleep. We are the vampires of, of sound design. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we are, we are, we are here. Come hit us up. Visit us on our website, if not there, on our Instagram. And we'll be happy to talk with you and spend time with you. Uh, so, yeah. And follow Corey, Corey and Ken, two yeah. amazing people. That's what's up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for dropping by. This is Beat People Podcast, episode 28. Um, and, you know, for those that didn't get a chance to check it out, this will be living in infamy. Is that really the thing that I want to say? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you want to say that. but It's not going to live in infamy, but it's going to live forever for an eternity or as long as uh, YouTube is, is on. That's yep. great. I just saw, uh, I'm seeing the viewers drop off, drop off. All right. Peace, y'all. All um, right. Peace out. Bboytechreport.com. Peace. Peace. peace.